everybody it's Alex here from Clinical Practice Made Easy. It's really a pleasure to talk to you today and what I wanted to do is talk to you about some of the challenges that I see um, healthcare professionals and in, in our practice chiropractors and massage therapists have with the results session and this is really part one of this because there are many but I want to put it into the brief context of the language that we use and quite often we do um, three big mistakes number one is using fillers number two is minimizing and then number three is thinking more wording means more value so i'm going to go through that um, with you in a little bit of depth today so first of all we all have patients that we know really should be under care and hopefully they're in our remit. Um, we know that we can help them because we've seen many cases like this before. And they do come in with a sense of being ready to have care and seeing it as a priority for them. And patients will usually make a decision about care based on two factors. One is that they see it of enough value in their life that they think it's gonna make a difference and it's worth investing their time and their money in. The second thing is, is that they see it as a priority. So they're gonna invest their time and they're gonna invest their money because we all have to do that with anything, whether it's healthcare or looking after our car. Um, but the thing, key thing is, is they're gonna do it now. And the things that really impact that are the level of pain they're in, um, how long it's been going on for, and also the change in value of priorities that happen in their day-to-day -day life, whether it's become more important or less important, dependent on external factors. So when we're communicating our results session, we need to have really massive clarity. So some of the things that I will see is that, first of all, we'll start a results session with no clear plan. So it may be that we go in thinking, yeah, I'm going to tell the patient all about it, whether it's mindset problems or a diagnosis. And we're going to go through all the details. We might use models, um, but we haven't really structured it in a way that makes it easy for the patient to follow. So we think that just going in, knowing our stuff is enough, but actually we do need a step-by-step -step process. The, the next thing that happens is, is if we do have a step-by-step -step process, sometimes we won't make it bespoke to the patient in front of us. So it may be that we've been supported in our practices by giving um, kind of tools to say, actually it might be useful to say this, 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 and this at these stages. Basically we're learning from the best practice of the practitioners that have come before us and have mastered that. One of the challenges I see is that sometimes practitioners really grab hold of that with enthusiasm, but then they don't actually make it specific to the person in front of them. So effectively what we're doing is we're giving a results session that we could give to anybody rather than specifically to the person that we're talking to. So key thing there is to have a plan and then make sure that the plan that we're giving is actually individual to the person in front of us because then they can relate it to their values and their priority. Couple of mistakes that I think we make that are pretty significant is minimizing. So if somebody comes in with a high priority and a high value of having care, we can minimize that value by the language we use in our results session. So examples of that is, it's just a little bit irritated, or it's a tiny bit stuck, or there's just a, a little effect on this area, or it's a bit tight, and these, this language 
does have a big impact because what we effectively do is we're trying to reassure that's the good intention behind it but the outcome is is we minimize so we say to the patient it's not as bad as you think now that would sound really good in most circumstances but it can have a massive effect so the two effects that that can have is number one inaction so it's not bad enough now for me to even need to do anything about it and for me, that really breaks my heart because if somebody sat in front of me with something that I know I can help that's in remit, it might be reasonably straightforward to help. So I'm not trying to make out it's more complicated than it is. But that person's now left the room in a, in a mindset thinking it's not that big a deal and they're doing nothing. And we know most of the time when a patient does nothing, something that could have been easily managed becomes chronic and much more complicated to manage. The second challenge with minimising our language, so making it sound more simple or just or a little bit um, or kind of a problem, is that for a patient who really has lots of pain, who really believes this is an issue, will feel like we don't get it. So now what's happened is they've come in going, this is having a massive impact on my life, but you're saying it's just a little bit irritated or just a little bit stuck or things are just a bit tight and that does not resonate with me. I can't see that that is, that is how my case is. So therefore, you don't get it, I don't trust you, and I'm not gonna start care. So it's really important that we're pretty neutral with that language. So I would say um, this area of the spine is not moving properly. This joint is irritated or inflamed this area of the nervous system is not functioning or working correctly. Um, this nerve appears to be trapped, if that's the language that you're okay with using, whatever works for you. So it makes it very clear, it's neutral and it's factual if, if the data and the tests and the results support that, of course. Um, but what I haven't used is just a little bit or kind of a or, um, or little or, or um, tiny bit etc those languages to minimize it I've been very very neutral I'm also not making it sound worse than it is and I think that's really important for our ethics caveat caveats and I think that's why most of the time we go the other way the other thing is is that it can also simplify the job that we're going to do and most of the time when we take care of patients we have two processes so we've got the event, what's happening in the room. So for chiropractors, um, osteos, etc., it could be manipulation or physios, etc. Um, and then we have the process, which is the physiology that creates the healing and repair. The two timeframes of those are very different. So an adjustment can take seconds, but a healing process can take weeks or, or months or even longer sometimes, depending on what it is. If it's a disc, it could take ages. So if we use that just and a little bit language, then when we come to recommend care and say, well, actually, it's going to take this period of time, let's say it's a frozen shoulder and I say it's just a bit stuck. Well, it's not going to take the frame of time that connects to just a bit. It's going to take a lot longer. So now I've got a patient whose expectation has had an impact on what they think they're going to recommend. And we know the recommendations set expectations. It also goes the other way around. So what I would suggest in this um, area is to be very neutral and clear about your language and very specific. 
And that will mean that the patient then doesn't have an expectation that the job's going to take less than you know that it's going to take, making your job easier when you come to recommend the care that you're going to offer. One of the other mistakes I see is something called fillers. And we've all got fillers. And um, one of the what I mean by fillers is a sort of um, kind of we have a language that sits in the gap. So if I'm trying to explain something to somebody, there will often be natural pauses and silences in the language that I use. What happens when we're using fillers is either we're uncomfortable with that silence, so we put something in it, or we're in a situation where we think more is more. So what I would see all the time when I'm doing a result session um, training with practitioners is they'll say it in one way and then they'll say exactly the same thing using different words. So they've said the same thing twice. And what we know with patients when we communicate is they're going to do three things with the information that they have. So this is through NLP training, and thank you to one of my amazing colleagues, Amanda, to, for introducing me to this. So one is they're going to delete information as it comes in. So they're not even going to hear it because they're not ready to hear it. Two is that they're going to distort it. So they're going to turn it into something that fits into their belief system. And the third thing is they're going to generalize. So everybody has this or we all experience this or nobody has this or it never happens. Those are the languages of people that are generalizing. So if we put more information in, thinking more is more value, what we've actually done is increase the chances of a patient deleting, distorting and generalizing our information, meaning they're confused and confused patients do not start care. The end. <laughs> if I'm uncertain about something, I'm not gonna make a decision to move forward to it with it unless I've got more information. So you're making your job harder. So what I would say is one of the tips with fillers is, first of all, um, everybody loves role play, <laughs> is to role play your session with somebody who knows what you should be saying. Um, first step, and they will pick out what your fillers are. And you'll have one and it'll be a regular one. It'll be one that you use very often. The second thing is, is to then practice it with holding your breath <laughs> and taking a breath after you said the thing you were gonna say. That space is the space that your patient has to digest the information and take it in. They're absorbing it, they're hearing it. I think one of the other challenges with the results session is we talk too much and um, we don't ask enough questions, but that's for another podcast. I think that once we've removed our fillers, then what we end up with is very specific language. So I'm going to go through what I found. I'm going to go through what I can do to help you. I'm going to explain to you what's going to happen if you don't respond. They're just very clear rather than I'm going to go through what I found and that will be lots of details and I'm going to show you on the spine and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to go through what I can do to help and I'm going to talk to you about this. And it just needs to be very, very clean. So just to recap, we want to have a clear plan. We want to relate that plan to the person that's actually in front of us. We're going to avoid minimizing language because we don't want to encourage somebody to not do something when they've basically come in for care and we know we can help them. Um, and we don't want to undermine their experience by baking out it's less of a problem than they feel it is. We're going to remove our fillers 
And then the main thing we want to then do is make sure we are genuinely reassuring them. And it's difficult because the difference between minimizing and reassurance is a very, very close line. So reassurance comes from a couple of things. One is behaving like we have certainty. Now, none of us know 100% what is going to happen with a patient when we start care. We don't, but we can base that on research. We can base that on patients that we've seen in the past. In our practice, we always start a patient off much more gently and slowly than you would do um, if you were putting your Superman pants on and trying to get a result straight away, because we want to see how fast they're going to respond and build up each time they come in. Then if we've got an overfiring patient, more about that later, um, we will be in a situation where the patient hasn't felt that we've taken things too far. We just know that generally it's the way that their body responds to care and we can pair it back for them. So we want to give them as much certainty as we can. And I would say to a patient, normally I've seen many, many cases like yours before. I never know 100% how a patient is going to respond until I start because I've never worked with your body before. But what I do know is because of the results I've had before and the way that your case presents, that I have an expectation that you'll do very well with care. So that gives the patient the truth and they do respond well to that um, because most patients won't buy it if you say definitely or 100% certain, because we all know that that's not the case in every case. Um, but you've also given them the sense that um, you know what you will do if they don't respond. So I would always say to the patient that this is what I found. This is what we'll do to help. But, but if you're not where I expect you to be by this number of sessions, we will do, we will reassess you, we'll send you for further testing, we'll send you for imaging, we'll do whatever. Now, I know that some people image at the beginning, um, but we also still need to have a plan if a patient doesn't respond. And I think that is reassurance this is what I found, this is how certain I am that we can get a result, this is what we're actually going to do, and this is what we're going to do if you don't respond, gives a patient much more certainty and much more reassurance than it's just a little bit stuck or it's a tiny bit irritated, etc., which is what we do when we minimise. So I hope that session has been really useful for you guys. Um, main first step is to have a plan. Second step is to then practice it with somebody and just see if you can clean it up and remove your fillers. Um, one big key thing is I'm in my second week of training with a new grad. He has um, about 80% of his patients have started care and moved forward with a plan with certainty because of this technique. So I'd highly recommend it for you. And those are patients that we know are in remit and will benefit from care. So hope you have a great day. And uh, please feel free to email me at alex at wellbeingrev.com if you've got any questions. And check out our Facebook page, Wellbeing Rev. And we have lots and lots of free resources, Facebook Lives and things on there. It's in the link below. Take care.